Welcome, everybody, to A Servant's Heartbeat. My name is Kristen. Thank you for listening and allowing me to share my heartbeat for the kingdom of God with you. So a quick look at the title gives away that we are talking about a sales pitch. So a quick story to get us started. It was about four or five years ago when I moved into a new house and I am unpacking, I'm settling in, the normalness of moving in and just making myself at home. Well, in in the midst of all of this, there comes a knock at my front door. So I get up, I peek through the blinds, and I see this guy in a suit with a briefcase in hand. Looking back, maybe I should not have answered the door, but nevertheless, I did. So he introduced himself, and it only took about five seconds before it was very, very clear that this guy was a door-to-door salesman. Long story short, I I kindly declined the policy he was selling, and he went on about his way, and I went on about mine. And thinking back, as, as, as a kid, I can remember different salesmen knocking on our door from time to time. They were selling vacuum cleaners or other household gadgets. Just this happened time to time. And then now to think about today, technology and business platforms are so advanced that this has tremendously lessened the need for a door-to-door salesman to come knocking. Instead, just open your email, get on your social media platform, or turn on the radio, and you are bound to come across a little something called a sales pitch. Now, in short, a sales pitch is a method of connecting that salesperson or that company with the potential buyer. The goal of the sales pitch is to grab the buyer's attention, convince them to learn more, want more, and buy into more. There's a focus on highlighting the benefits, not in length, but just enough to pique your interest. Now, it is my guess that at some point we have all been the recipient or the victim of a sales pitch. Sometimes maybe we turned them down quickly and perhaps at other times we entertained it for a while. Maybe we even purchased or invested in something because of a sales pitch. And with all that said, I want us to take that background knowledge and talk about the sales pitch of sin. It operates in a similar fashion. Its goal is to grab your attention, making you want more, and eventually convincing you to buy into more. So we're going to focus on Moses as we dig into this. So good old Moses is in Hebrews chapter 11. Verses 24 through 26, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, 
esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. So here's the sales pitch that was put before Moses. One, being called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. With this came position. With this came fame. Everybody gonna know your name, Moses. <laughs> you know, you're gonna be the, the most important dude in town. Number two was the pleasures of sin. Here's enjoyment. Here's where you can get your wants and desires met. If you want pleasures in this life, man, it's right here, Moses. Number three was the treasure of Egypt. So with that came financial security, riches. The personal storehouse would be filled to the brim. And the sales pitch was, look at everything you can have, man. Think about how made in the shade your life's going to be. You want pleasures? You want riches? All you got to do, man, is just pay this small little price. Only put in this small little investment. The sales pitch presented to Moses had benefits and appeased to the flesh. Just sign on the dotted line, Moses, and you get the package deal of a lifetime, my friend. Now, to think about this, this is where Moses was living. He was living amongst the pleasures and treasures of Egypt already. That sales pitch of sin was just to stay put. Don't change. Don't separate yourself. Stay right here in the pleasure and comforts of Egypt. And you can have even more than you already have. What's the cost, you ask? Just stay right here, Moses. Don't separate yourself. Don't change. And we look at that and think, man, what a sales pitch. And looking at these verses, we know that Moses made good choices in response to the sales pitch. And we'll cover those in just a little bit. But first, looking at his faith and his maturity. So in verse 24, he begins, By faith, Moses, when he was come to years. A few other translations mention by faith Moses when he had grown up. So, grown up. When we're young, not saying that we're not all young, but when we were young, we couldn't wait but to be a grown-up, to be one of the grown folks, you know, and, and to start making our own decisions, the big decisions on our own, to be our own man, to be our own woman, to get some freedom. You know, just to, to be our own person and do our own thing. But what did Moses do when he had, quote unquote, grown up or matured, if you will? In the midst of sin's sales pitch to him, he had to make some choices by faith. When he was come to years, when he had grown up, am I ready to do the same? Do I have a spiritual growth and maturity within me that is actively developing, actively growing right now? Because somewhere, at some point along this journey, I am going to find myself in a place where I have to learn to walk by faith and will need to make some hard choices by faith. We'll all come to that place where we're plenty old enough 
to start making those big choices, life decisions. But consider what's been poured into me or what's been invested in me up until this point. Have I invested time and personal growth in my walk with the Lord? Was I halfway listening when that elder or authority figure in my life was trying to share wisdom to help me grow? My level or depth of growth affects the choices I will make when the sales pitch of sin comes knocking. So, personal application example here. I mentioned earlier that the advancements in technology have lessened the need for a door-to-door salesman. The sales pitch of sin can come across the device you are listening to this podcast on. It can come across on your phones, your iPads, or your laptops. And I am not against technology. Matter of fact, I'm probably the one of the biggest technology nerds you'll meet. But if I lack spiritual maturity, depth of relationship with the Lord, when a sales pitch of sin comes across the online platform I use, whether it be a basic search on Google or checking my Facebook, I may not respond by faith. I could respond according to my flesh. And the sales pitch of sin does a good job at appealing to the flesh. But that that appease has a weaker effect if I am set on growing in my walk with God. I think about what it says in Galatians 5 and 16, that we should walk in the spirit, that we would not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So to clarify a bit here, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to point out things that are wrong or the things that we should not do or use, but rather I want to draw attention to this idea. We shouldn't make this blanket assumption that this activity or that platform, whatever it may be for you, is safe and okay for me to use without consideration of, does this pull me away from God or is it drawing me closer to God? I've got to know that sales pitch of sin. And sometimes it can come in very deceptive ways. So that sales pitch of sin could come across as something you can gain. But really, it's a time consumer. So the pitch may be, give me your time and I'll give you this in return. That sales pitch could appear as increase in possessions, but my possessions may begin to possess me. The pitch may sound like, look at all the things you could have. Here are more possessions. Or that sales pitch could offer more freedom, freedom to do and enjoy as you please. The pitch may be, you don't need boundaries that tight. Widen that fence just a little bit. It, it's, it's still safe. As a matter of fact, just leave the gate of that fence open and we'll shut it if danger happens to come. And this is by no means implying that we should live so confined and uptight because sin is everywhere, but rather let's look at or let's work towards a level of spiritual maturity and a deeper walk with God that we can walk in the spirit and not even give ear or entertainment to that sales pitch of sin. 
So going back to Moses and his faith, when the sales pitch of sin came, he made choices by faith. But what did he do by faith? First, he refused. He refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He refused that position. Two, he chose to suffer affliction or mistreatment with God's people. And he esteemed the reproach of Christ or disgrace for Christ's sake to be better or greater than Egypt's treasures. In other words, by faith, he made tough, life-changing decisions. By faith, he chose unity with God's people, the church. And maybe this is a rabbit trail a bit, but this is where my thinking goes. I think about the depth and level of connection that God wants us to have with the church, the people of God. We say words like unity and one mind and one accord all the time, but what does that really mean? Moses made a choice that brought him in closer connection with God's people. (laughs) Rather than being closer with the world, he chose to be in unity closer to God's people. Something to think about. And lastly, by faith, he would endure reproach because he saw substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. He saw something greater than what Egypt could offer. Second Corinthians 4 and 17 mentions that, that far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. He, he saw something. He was looking towards something. In the end of that, that verse that we started with, or that portion of scripture that we started with, the end of verse 26 uses the word respect. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Well, that, that Greek meaning of the word respect means to look or to turn attention to. In other words, it's a deliberate looking away from the sales pitch of sin and putting your focus or attention on a greater reward, a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And by faith, we too can be just as deliberate at looking away from the sales pitch of sin and setting our eyes on matters of the kingdom, seeking the kingdom first. So, While we're all in this world, the sales pitch of sin will come in very apparent, but also very deceptive ways. Sometimes that sales pitch of sin is a weight. It's not quote unquote labeled as sin, but it's a weight that hinders my spiritual growth and walk with the Lord. This isn't to throw out a list of sins, things I shouldn't do. Sin isn't a list. (laughs) But what I'm after here is developing a depth of faith and spiritual maturity that values my relationship and walk with the Lord so much that anything that sin could pitch my way does not stand a chance at my door because God has residence here. 